Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. Hey there, Hill folk, and welcome back to another edition of AI, Appalachian Intelligence. We're extremely thankful that you guys can join us again for another week, for another episode, for another edition. With you tonight, your hosts, as usual, Justin, Ryan, and Lance. Ryan, Lance. How you fellas doing tonight? Go ahead, Lance. Go ahead. I am. There's always an awkward when he does this to us, Ryan. There's always an awkward like 15 seconds to where like we're not really sure who's going to come in first. Yeah, it's and uh, we kind of like stop and then we look at each other and then I pressed the space bar but it didn't unmute me, so I'm like, oh, I hope he talks by the time I get over here. Uh, and that, like I, I, I like the fact that we just uncomfortably try to figure out who's going first. We don't need to make a decision who does. We just continue to allow the awkward fifteen seconds to hit. Well, let I mean, me fix the problem. How are you, Lance? <laughs> I, I, if I was on cloud forty-seven, I wouldn't be feeling as good as you are. Um, but I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Same, gents. I am back. <laughs> 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 cloud 47 hey hill folk cloud 47 was arrived at at like eight o'clock yeah and we're still going up oh yeah we're at the tippity top but we're only halfway there that's yeah, right i calculated it correctly ryan is back and by ryan we mean gummy ryan he is back <laughs> in business he is here to party or sleep or eat. We're not real sure which. What? Yet. what? I can go some peanut butter cups right now. <laughs> you know, I'm getting kind of a, a little bit upset. Nobody asked me how I'm doing ever. I hey, asked you guys. Don't be that guy. And then it never comes back to me. Don't be that guy. Well, guess what? Don't I'm, be that guy. I'm being Nobody that wants guy. you to be that guy. Well, too but too late. Too late. You want to do the it. intros? You want to be the main hard show? You got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. That's what you got to do. Okay. I'll just deal with it. The boss man doesn't get asked how he's doing. Oh. Well, well who the boss man planning is. your demise on, on a daily basis. You, you, you ask the peasants, but you don't really care. You just ask because you know you have to. Yeah. Full blown mutiny. 
full-blown <laughs> mutiny. Whatever uh, said those words. Anyway, if y'all can't tell, uh, it's just the boys with you tonight. Just, just us. And uh, we've got a really cool, not really a topic. We have a conversation that I had with a lady a couple weeks back. And I've kind of been thinking about how to, to put it on here and how to get it on. But I think we're just going to run with it and go with it tonight. Because I really, th- these guys, I've told them a little bit about it. But they haven't heard the full story. They haven't heard the full conversation. And, uh, man, it's just a good one. It's a it's a good old Appalachian, good old time. It's, God, Be- it, it's Before we get into this, Justin, Nick, because I, I, I have to tell you boys this. I've been hanging on to this. Okay. For a, a couple of weeks. Okay. We all know that I teach an adult Sunday school class at the local local Protestant church here in, in the in the greater South West Virginia area. Right. And we have been going through the book of Genesis again, third time. So mm-hmm. I can't help myself. Where we stumble upon Genesis chapter six. And I have been kind of prepping we're talking like, all right, so let's just set the stage here. The majority of the Sunday school class members that I have are over 50. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. 34. Most right. of them raised me. Like, most of them were there like the whole time, like pretty much taught me all, pretty much watched me wipe my butt, all the, all, all the things. Yeah. I actively went over Genesis 6. This week or a couple weeks ago, and we're talking like UFOs and Bigfoot and all kinds of stuff. I wish I wish I'd had a picture of their faces. And I was like, "Listen, the freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all this stuff." And just to see these people's heads just spinning, like, "What is this guy talking about?" Yeah, it was it was a good time. It was, I it love was it. interesting. It was a good time. I wish I'd been there. God, like I got done. Everybody just kind of like looking around, like, "What did we just listen to?" <laughs> that is so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's what the podcast has done to me. This is what this has done. Is that that hey. now I have felt the need to tell my eighty-nine-year-old grandmother, who's in there as well, who is just 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 as just steadfast. Nothing changes her mind about anything, you know. Born That's in awesome. the thirties and came through the Great Depression, told her that you know, Bigfoot is probably real. It's here because of what took place in Genesis six, and because, just to watch her just look around like, "What is he talking about?" Because those freaking angels come down and started mating with humans, and they made a bunch of these weird offspring things. Yeah. Get out of here, angels! Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to derail things. I had been waiting on to tell you boys oh, that. That's awesome. I, I, I'm yeah. glad. I'm so glad to hear that. I really am. Like that's awesome because, dude, it's it's truth. Like people just gloss over it, like it's no big deal, or they just won't speak about it. But I mean, it's there in plain language. I mean, it's not like I don't know. I'm glad that you did it, Lance. I'm so proud of you right now. I could cry. I can kiss you through the screen. <laughs> All right. Anyways. That's super awesome. But y'all know before, uh, now that we've been going at this for like 10 minutes already, now we're going to read the five-star reviews. You know, when we get love, we like to show love. So that's yeah. what we're going to do right now. And we're going to read a couple of them tonight. We're going to start reading a couple per episode because we are way, way, way behind. And at this rate, 
we are never, ever, ever going to get caught up until like problem to have. 2059. It is a great problem to have. Absolutely wonderful. But we're going to start reading a couple. So this one comes from Tattooed Rider. It says, great podcast. Great podcast. The content and conversations are right up my alley. Being from Alabama and an Appalachian American, it's done in my native tongue. Keep up the great work. P.S. Bigfoot can't operate portals. That's just the Snallygaster's way of pranking them. <laughs> so now you know. Now you know. Those flipping Snallygasters, they control everything. So Get Tattooed Rider. Yeah. Tattooed Rider, we appreciate you so much. Um, this next one comes from Sheila Rose 13. It's five stars. And it says, crushing it. The AI boys are crushing the podcast game faux show. I'm honored to be part of the Hill Folk Tribe, even though I live high up in the Rockies in Colorado. God bless y'all and happy treasure hunting. So, Sheila Rose 13, we appreciate that so much too. And um, you're Hill Folk in the Rockies, just like you could be Hill Folk in the Appalachians. That's something that needs to be said on here because I, we've been getting a few emails that are talking about. Well, even though I'm not hill folk, you know, I live uh, in Cali or I live in Kansas or listen, listen up and listen close. If you're listening to this show right now, I don't care where you live. You're hill folk. It's in your blood. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, if you're hanging out with us, you are hill folk. Absolutely. There's one thing about Appalachian culture. It, it may take a while to get in the family. But once you are in the family, you're, you're in. in the family for life. That's just a fact of the matter. So you people out in other parts of the greater United States or across whichever pond you're across in one of these other countries, if you're if you're still with us and still listening to us, and you, you can put up with us on a weekly basis, by all means, you are 100% authentic hill folk. And we are more than glad that we welcome you into the family. Yeah. 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 Hog folk, dog folk, baby. <laughs> but we're watching you, Kansas. <laughs> we I, don't got our... I, I don't think I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> oh god alright so <laughs> before <laughs> Lance god. stop you're killing me oh, I'm sorry that, just, that, one, that one scratched me where I was itching boys that was a good one Ryan <laughs> you're welcome sir Ryan you've got to, what have I told you about scratching Lance where he's itching when we're trying to record <laughs> What if I told you about that? Oh, man. Let Lance scratch himself. <laughs> okay. Whew. All right. So before we jump into this thing, we had a um, a story that was submitted to us by a uh, member of the Discord and by proud heel folk out there, um, Elizabeth. And we asked her permission to share it on the show. You know, we don't normally read listener submissions on the show. That's not kind of our bag. 
Um, but this is a really cool story, I, I feel like, and it's set in uh, an old Appalachian time. So I think we're going to read it before we jump into uh, the meat of what we're going to talk about tonight. So, Lance, you want to go ahead and take that away? Betsy was born on the Ohio side of the river in 1862, but was living um, on a farm in New Cumberland, West Virginia, when this event took place. She and her young daughter, uh, Sarah Jane, were trying to hold the farm together after her husband, John, went to fight on the Union side during the Civil War. Her husband had made arrangements with the man who owned the neighboring farm to help his wife and daughter. When he got back, he would settle up uh, with whatever debt they had incurred. However, John had a beautiful blue-black Morgan stallion, and the farmer decided that he wanted the horse in exchange for helping them, and something he didn't tell Sarah's husband before he left. Confederate soldiers had come through and taken everything, and winter was now coming, and now Betsy knew that the farmer wasn't going to help her unless she gave him her husband's stallion, Star. Betsy didn't want uh, to give up the horse but they wouldn't survive the winter without food from the farmer. So in the morning, Betsy went out to milk the cow and found an armload of corn, large enough to fill a couple of bushel baskets, on the ground beside the barn door. The barn sat against the pasture, so there was a fence on both ends of the barn. The fence went around the pasture, clearing, separating it from the woods, and Betsy was overjoyed and thanking God, took the corn in the house, thinking that the farmer had changed his mind. After putting it inside on the kitchen table, Betsy immediately went to thank him. This, however, is how she found out that someone had broken into the farmer's barn overnight, and he thought that she had stolen the corn from him, and she absolutely insisted that she would never do such a thing and told him that. Um, he knew uh, that she wouldn't, and he reminded her that all she had to do was give him star, and she and Sarah Jane would be cared for until her husband came home. Betsy told him, um, that she still hadn't decided uh, to let him have the horse yet, and that she knew it wouldn't do any good to ask him why she hadn't asked her husband for the horse instead of herself. She went home and after he told her to keep the corn, and the next morning, though, there was another giant armload of corn by the barn door between the pasture fence. This time, the farmer came and threatened her with the sheriff. She admit, and she didn't admit, excuse me, that she took the corn. Betsy again told him that she didn't take the corn, but to get the sheriff if he thought it was necessary. He said just to make sure that it didn't happen again that he was sitting up by his window that night, so to make sure um, that nobody was stealing it. She told him that she had planned to do the same. They were both sitting up watching out their windows when a tall, bear-like creature, walking upright, came out of the woods. It climbed her pasture fence climbed the fence that separated the two farms and headed for the farmer's barn, pulling the door open. The creature came out in a few minutes with a large armload of corn. The next day, the farmer, who was clearly shaken and unnerved, apologized. He told her uh, he would uh, tend to their needs and asked to pray for him. Bear or Bigfoot, you have to decide for yourself. Oh, for sure, Bigfoot. Yeah, definitely. Friendly Bigfoot, too. Yeah. Like the four spirits taking care of a woman and child. 
It's going to be interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah but you know, I mean, a bear's not going to have like, – if it happens once, right, you think, okay, maybe the bear came in and broke in, dropped some of it. It was didn't realize he dropped some of it, whatever. But if it happens consistently, then they see this thing. Obviously, this is a friendly Bigfoot that sees them in, in need, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, he's hanging around long enough to know that they need the help or can hear them talking about needing the help or why he's stealing it from the obviously stealing it from the farmer. So he's heard some of this conversation going on before. I guess I don't know. Kind of an interesting, interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. I think, all big, I think all big feats are friendly. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I didn't, that was, that was a joke. I was getting ready to say, we we're getting ready to open up a whole can of worms in that conversation. Yeah, that was a joke. We were getting ready to go. But no, I mean, you do hear, like you do hear accounts of uh, some of these, you know, some of these stories like that, you know, especially in the old times of, of, you know, things like that happening. And a lot of the native cultures would talk about how, you know, they traded with these big feats. You know, they would trade back and forth with them and leave them gifts and they would bring gifts back. And it was kind of just one of those understandings that, you know, you you leave us alone. We'll leave you alone. and We'll just go on about our business. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. It's all the different stories that you hear. It's like, you know, maybe Bigfoot's just like anything else. There's. There's good ones, there's mean ones, there's bad ones, there's violent ones, there's super scary ones, there's friendly forest giants, there's ones that just want to help out. I mean, I don't know. There's all kinds of different stories. So it's it's definitely. If we think of if big feats, I like how like we've, we've held to big feats. Yeah, I, I like, like that, that too. I like it too. If, if, if we think that these big feats are as intelligent, obviously – as we think that they are, they have been gone this long without really being, I guess, universally accepted as being real. Um, and obviously, they're, they're, they have a, a higher intelligence level than most animals. Yeah. We know that there's a ton of mammals out there that have emotions and feel, uh, have family units. And that, you know, I just think about all the different, you see the st- stories of, whales or dolphins you know, mommies losing their babies and them just crying and having obviously emotional distress so they feel empathy right so obviously these big feats could feel empathy as well um and understanding the need of, of other mammals essentially and then having the desire to help it's not it's not a crazy thought by no means like we see i remember growing up uh we had a, a lab that had puppies i mean they bred them a couple different times um, remember Percy, Justin? I think Percy mm-hmm. was around. Yeah, yeah, was I remember. Great, Percy. just an absolute great lab. Yeah. We had a stray kitten that showed up at the house. Um, and like Percy allowed the kitten to nurse her, first, you know, and then took just took this kitten in, you know, as one of the, one of the puppies, and it just grew up with the puppies, and um, it was just kind of the innate ability. It felt the empathy and, and saw the need there, and took the took care of the need. That's not out of the realm of possibility for, for a Bigfoot to do the same. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's definitely interesting. I mean, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy thought to have, you know, that that you have. But I mean, <clears throat> again, you go back to some of these some of these missing cases with these kids and they talk about how a big giant bear took them in and took care of them and you know so 
I mean, were they talking about one of these big feats there that come in and took them? And I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's definitely interesting, though. Definitely interesting. Speaking of big feats, I went up there and checked out our local Woodbooker statue the other day. Some of you guys that are on Discord, you've seen the pictures of that. And I went around to the backside and took a quick pick too, because uh, old Woodbooker up there is caked up, son. He is caked <laughs> up. He didn't skip leg day, that's for sure. That's <laughs> no, he's doing. He's getting his squats in for sure. But no, I went up there Woodbooker hunting a little bit, checked out the statue, and told him hey, and <clears throat> spoke out to the the spirit of the wood and, and said, Hey, just come and talk to me. I didn't, I didn't really do that part, but I thought about it. Thought about it. I do that shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're starting to see and experience a whole lot of junk. Oh, <clears throat> I don't know. Well, back to the Bigfoot thing real fast. It reminds me of that. Um, you know, I was talking to that guy that his grandparents lived over you know, in between the breaks and Elkhorn along the, the narrows, what we call it. And his, well, no, I guess it would have been his great grandparents. Yeah. His great grandparents said they had a whole, an old homestead up there, you know, back in that time, I may have already said this on the show at this point, we've been going so long. I don't remember what I've said and what I haven't, but they've been, or they had a whole, uh, an old homestead up there. You know, and during that time, you know, they, they raised all their own food. You know, they had pigs and, and a couple cows, chickens, you know, they grow a garden, you know, all this different stuff. But certain times a year, they would talk about these wild men, these wild hairy men that would come to the edge of their property, like in the, the wood line and stuff and show themselves and, and hoop and holler and scream and do all this different stuff. And they said that they would know then that there would be a port that they, they would just give them a portion of everything that they were bringing in. And they would do that for a few weeks and then they wouldn't hear anything more from them, you know, for the rest of the year. And it was, I mean, it's just a, it's a crazy thought process that, you know, these things would make themselves known. And, you know, it would be terrifying to see a few of these big feats right there at the property line at the edge of your house. And then all of a sudden, well, we'll just we'll just give them a little bit of tribute here. And they were good, which he also talked about uh, a woman in white around the place and some three toed footprints around the place. So that story gets <laughs> I'm still looking into all of that. one. I'm trying to get up with this guy again, he kind of. Kind of gave me the cold shoulder after I started prying. But anyway, speaking of having conversations. Yeah, I really did. Well, I wanted, I asked him to take me to the place because I just wanted to kind of see <laughs> where it was. And then he just kind of, he just kind of ghosted me. Just kind of ghosted me. And see, I really wanted to talk to him because. There is, there's an episode of Sasquatch Chronicles, but I talked to this guy before this episode ever came out. All right. So I know this guy just didn't hear this episode and was like, oh, that's a cool story. I'm going to tell somebody about it. 
Like I heard this episode after I talked to this dude. This has probably been, well, this was months and months ago. Wes is talking to um, Timothy Renner. He's an author and he, he hosts the podcast Strange Familiars. And he was talking to uh, Rick. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's He's from Virginia. He's based out of like Richmond. Anyway, he was talking to both of them, and the conversation goes in a whole lot of different places, but they start kind of talking about this this woman in white persona and this, uh, you know, the portrayal of the old hag, you know, the, the a lot like we would talk about right now as Lilith, you know, when we're talking about Lilith and some of the ways that she's been represented and, and shown herself throughout time. Well, that's what they were saying that there was that Wes was talking to these two brothers that was having Bigfoot encounters all the time on their property, but they started seeing this old woman, this that, that looked like an old hag that would just walk across their property, and she wore what they called was clown shoes, looked like clown shoes. And they asked West started asking them, you know, why she wore these clown shoes. And then they said because she had bird's feet. That she had to wear these clown shoes because she had bird's feet. That they weren't like technically clown shoes. They were just so big for her. They looked like clown shoes. So he said one or these brothers said that one night they were uh there was a whole bunch of these big feet that was up on the ridge or whatever causing a big ruckus and, and going crazy. And this old hag just starts walking across their property again, up that way, up that direction. So, you know, the, the brothers, they kind of like holler. They'd never had any interaction with her. So they holler at her and they're like, you know, Hey, I, I wouldn't go up there. You know, that's, that's dangerous. Like you're liable to get killed. Well, they said that she just gave them this, this smile that, that chilled them to the bone. I mean, that was just, a malevolent looking smile just walked on that way and just dematerialized, just gone. So it's like, is there some kind of connection between this, this woman in white with bird's feet and Bigfoot or these, these cryptids? Like, I don't know. It's weird, dude. It's, it's flipping weird. It's almost like, they were her little, the way that Wes was talking about all that, it's like almost like these big feats were her little pets. Like she had the ability to control them and do whatever. Hmm. And then I talked to this dude whose family, his, his great grandparents lived over around the Narrows between the Brakes and Elkhorn. And he has an extremely similar story. I don't know. It's weird, man. It's really weird. Really weird. So what I mean, what are y'all's thoughts on that? I didn't plan on going there at all. That was totally off the cuff, but well, it's too late now. Yeah, we're in it. We're there. We're we're in it. So I mean, what are your thoughts on that though? I mean, like what what are we looking at there? I don't know. I think it's probably more to me. That if you are, I think everybody would liken 
a Bigfoot experience, not necessarily a sighting, but an experience, right? Whether you hear them or kind of know they're around. We all would say that anytime that happens to anybody, it's 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 a paranormal thing, right? It's it's an unusual thing that would take place. Right? It's not it's unnatural. Um, even though they may be in their natural habitat, for us to see one or experience one, to hear one, um, or to hear a gaggle of them, whatever the case may be, that would be a bit of a paranormal thing to take place. Even though I think we all three agree that Bigfoot's real, right? I mean, I think we all kind of have uh, have our different ideas of how we why we can't see them, but we all three agree that it's a real a real entity or a real being. Um, I think it's a paranormal thing that when you experience them. So when you are experiencing paranormal things like a Bigfoot, there are other paranormal things that could happen as well. And yeah. I think it's not that big of a reach that Lilith or the old hag or whatever, the witch shows up, you know, because there's the paranormal energy that you are experiencing because you are having a Bigfoot experience as well. I don't, I don't know if it would be, I don't know if I like the idea that Lilith controls the big fit, Bigfoot. Like I don't, I don't like that idea. <laughs> I don't think it's just, they're they're not her pet. They're not her pet. Right? I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I'm not going to get down with that. Um, but I think having other paranormal experiences while you are experiencing Bigfoot that makes sense to me. You just shit all over your theory. <laughs> Not that wasn't my theory. I was just saying that's the way the way that they were talking about. It. That was kind of their take on it. I mean, I I don't know because if no. if if I think that that would if that's the case, if Lilith is controlling the big or you know Bigfoot or whatever or Lilith's bets, I think we would have a whole lot more accounts of that taking place, not just a couple of offshoot ones here close yeah. to home. I think it's almost. Just, it's just two paranormal experiences that are happening at the same time. Yeah. Almost just like the experiences are symptoms of, you know, whatever else is going on, like symptoms of uh, a bigger something. Sure. Yeah. That's my thing. That, that, that's kind of where I, that's my take on it. Well, that's the way that, I mean, I've kind of been looking at some of the, a lot of these high strangeness cases anyway, where you have like the trifecta, we'll say, of, you know, UFOs, ghosts, and Bigfoot or cryptids or whatever. It's almost just like they're symptoms of a larger something at, at play. It's weird, though. Super weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> if you threw me off when you had to say high strangeness in that sentence, I'm like, just say weird. Well, I mean, so high, high, well, high, high strangeness, strangeness sounds so much more paranormal. See, we're hitting keywords. Well, I mean, resume. that's the definition. That's the definition of high strangeness is when you have all of those things coming it's together. Such at a once. paranormal podcaster. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Look, boy. I'm the fake podcaster, and he's a paranormal <laughs> podcaster using these big words. Just call it weird, man. It's what it well, is. It is weird, but well, whenever you have all real. of them coming together. It's classified as high strangeness. It's just it is what it fact, is, boys. And I think the fact that, that was, this was an Apple, this is an Appalachian Mountain story. Well, there's a whole lot of sense, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, this this is the heart of Appalachia. Right? That makes a whole lot of sense to me because we've said a ton of times that the, I think the veil is just thinner here yeah. for a variety of reasons that we have covered for the last year and a half, right? I just think the veil is thinner here, so it makes sense that they're having 
both of these paranormal experiences going on at the same time that we haven't had accounts of elsewhere because the veil is thicker other places than it is here. Yeah, I agree with that. And that is a perfect segue into what I actually intended on getting into. That's over half an hour. It's about right. And we're going to segue it and and I'm going to start from the last conversation that we had because of what you just said right there about the veil being thinner or, and there just being something about Appalachia. It's a great story to be told, but I think if I'm telling it correctly, I should start with the middle and fade near the end, but bring you back to the beginning. (laughs) That's exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. If I'm telling a story, that's how it's going to go. Anyway, We've got crazy. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so I have been talking to. Sorry, Lance is taking a picture. Everybody smiles. <laughs> we're, just, we're not official. We're not official podcasters. We're not taking pictures of us. Actually, we are podcast. Three, three two, one. Here we go. Jeez. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Beautiful. Back to it. Okay. So. <clears throat> It's weird. I met. I'll just start at the beginning. We'll come around to it. So in the middle, like I was at this. About. I was at this function. I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give a name out there. I'm not going to um, single out anybody in particular because I'm not so sure. Like there was no agreement for for me to share the stories or talk about some of these things. So as far as the identity and stuff, I'm going to keep it extremely vague. And and I've been thinking about talking about it on here in some way, shape, or form, you know, over on the Patreon or uh, just a brief little thing here and there. But I, I feel like that it was just such an awesome conversation and so cool to hear all this from her and who she is that I feel like we just need to share it out there and put it out publicly. Because you, you folk know that we've talked a lot on here about granny witching and Appalachian folk magic, you know, all that stuff. I was talking to an elderly lady at a, a function the other day. There was family there and, and family friends, you know, just a, just a big old Appalachian hootenanny gathering. Um, but anyway, I got into conversation with, with this elderly lady <clears throat> and it's because there was another person there. I started asking me a little bit about the show. Um, was just asking different questions about it and was asking me and and Connor, my son specifically about some of the investigations that we've went on and, you know, and, and was, uh, really interested in if we were able to communicate with people that had passed on. And there's a whole big, long story that goes along with that. Um, these people had, they'd lost a child. And the way the questioning was going, it made me think that they were kind of trying to find out if they could, com- could communicate with this child that, that had passed. So I pretty much just came out and said, look, if you're trying to contact your your deceased kid, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it because you you will make contact. 
but it's probably not going to be your child. Yeah. So let's just kind of something. Yeah. So, I mean, I was trying to be, you know, as, as compassionate and loving about it as possible, but, you know, to tell them like, you know, I know that you're grasping at straws here. Like I know I I could only imagine the pain and, and the hurt and the loneliness that, that you feel without them being there. But that's not the way to go about <laughs> trying to trying to talk to them and, and going to be around. No. <clears throat> so anyway, that conversation was overheard by this lady. Now, this lady, I've known her for an extremely long time. Um, I love her, love her to death. She is a she's a, a well-known Well, I'll just call it for what it is. She's a well-known granny witch in this area. And yeah, buddy. Yeah. Like she, she will actually say, you know, yeah, when I was younger, they called me a water witch. Like she's open about now. This is a woman of faith and she believes in God. She believes, you know, she's a, a devout Christian woman of the faith, but she'll look at you dead in the face and say that, that she's a witch doctor. And that when she was younger, they called her a water witch. And it's just one of those things that it's, it's as Appalachian as it gets, baby. You can call them a witch to their face and they're cool with it because <laughs> they know what they do. So, uh, and by the way, a water witch for anybody that doesn't know, they called them that back in the old, old days because of their ability to douse and find water, you know, to find wells, to, you know, to do all these different things. So they called them water witches and it wasn't just women. A lot of men did it too. So anyway, I start talking to this lady and she becomes just because she's overheard, you know, the conversation that I've had with these, this other, these other people, she, uh, well, she just starts storytelling, you know, in, in elderly old lady fashion, she just decides, well, I've got a few stories that, that I could tell too. So first she, she makes a statement that, um, well, let me go back just a little bit. She starts talking about a lot of people in my family that she knew, you know, my, my great aunts and great uncles and my great grandparents and, and all these people that she knew of and, and spent time with and all this different stuff. So like the lady knows my family really well. Actually, she knew my family better than I know. them. There's a lot of people that she was talking about that I didn't even know who they were. So. She makes a statement right off the bat. She says, well, it sounds to me like you and your son there, y'all got the sight. And and the, she said, the sight, the sight, it's running your family, you know, for a, for a long time, as far back as I can remember. So that just, that kind of intrigued me the way she was talking. So I said, uh, I said, what, what do you mean by the sight? What, what are you, what are you talking about with the sight? She said, oh, you know, the sight, you see stuff that, that you shouldn't be seeing. You hear stuff that you shouldn't be hearing. And she said, you know, things that you just shouldn't know. (laughs) I said, so you mean like you're seeing, uh, apparitions or ghosts and and you're hearing voices and and some stuff that ain't there. And you just kind of have that. She said, yeah, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You got the sight. You said, she said, you got it just like I do. You know, things you shouldn't know. You see and hear things you shouldn't be hearing and seeing. 
<laughs> so I was, I was like, okay. She said, that's what we always called. It. She said, we always called it the site. She said, my family always had it. And your family has had it for as far back as I can remember. She said, um, <laughs> she said that there's two ways to get the site. She said, now with our families, you know, most of us are born with it. She said, but now some people can be given the site. So I said, well, how, you know, how would somebody go about getting the site? And she said, oh, well, you can get it. She said, it's going to cost you a little bit. And uh, you may not like what you have to give, but you can get it. So I said, what, what do you mean? Like, exactly what are you talking about? You talking about like sacrifice? And she said, well, yeah, it, it'll be a sacrifice. It'll be something. She said, and you may not even know what it's going to be. At the time that you make the deal, I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I said, make the deal with, with who, with what? And she said, honey, there's holler haints all around these parks that are willing to make deals each and every day. And when she said that, just like right now, I got goosebumps. I mean, my heart skipped a beat and my blood ran cold. So I asked her again, I said, so you're saying that there's a bunch of haints out here in the woods and the hollers and these mountains that are just roaming around willing to make deals with people. And she said, yeah, absolutely. She said, you can get the site. You can get wealth. You can get fame. You can get fortune. You can get how she put it. You can be like one of them TV celebrities. All you got to do is make the right deal. And give the right price. I said, so what kind of prices are we talking about? She said, well, it could be anything. Could be some of your blood. Could be somebody else's blood. Could be something uh, just as simple as, as sharing food or sharing, you know, like different stuff. So that was just blowing my mind. You know, her talking about all this. I said, well, let me ask you a question. How do you, how do you know that? These things are out there and that they're willing to make deals with people. She said, honey, I can't tell you how many of these faceless holler haints that I've seen back in my day. I said, wait a minute. Did you say faceless? She said, yeah. She said, I seen a couple that they just they didn't have no face. They'd show up in, in all black, look like they're wearing a big cloak. And she said they would show up. And they just start talking and then, you know, want to be your friend and start asking you questions and, um, you know, start making promises to you. And she said, or I said, well, what did you do when you seen them? She said, I told them I already had everything I needed and I didn't need nothing to do with them. And I kept walking. So just that conversation alone, I mean, was nuts. Cause Okay. We got to think about this. We got to think about this big picture here. All right. I'm talking to a well-known granny witch. That's well into her eighties right now, upper eighties. Okay. And she's talking about a time when she was younger, like teenage years. Walking these old I'm talking before main, you know, paved roads. I'm talking 
before there were really towns here. It was just coal camps and a bunch of houses along the hollers and ridge lines. And everybody was kind of coming together in these small communities. I'm talking about a time where she had to walk 200 yards down to get a bucket of water, you know, get buckets of water to take back to the house to, to be able to do anything, cook, bathe, all this different junk. And she's telling me that, yeah, these holler haints are everywhere and they want to, they want to come talk to you. That's just, I mean, it's like not just telling you this, like you're just casually bringing this up. Like it was like, she's talking about the weather, man. Like she's talking about the weather. So that's crazy. So I asked her, I said, well, did you know of anybody that, you know, had the site given to them? Did you know of anybody that made deals? And she said, honey, nobody's ever going to come out and say they made a deal with anybody or no, she actually said, nobody's going to come out and say they made a deal with the devil. She said, but I know of people, I know of people that were doing really well off that shouldn't have been, that had no business being. (laughs) I don't know, man. Like the stuff that she was saying was blowing my mind. I was giddy. I was like a little kid on Christmas. Just sitting there like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. Well, she keeps talking or she's talking about some of this stuff. Well, she starts telling a couple stories. She says uh, something along the lines of, you know, not, she said, not only did I see, you know, a couple of these holler haints, she said, but my sister, when she was younger, she said, she went down to gather water at the Creek one time. And uh, she said, mommy used to tell us all the time. She said, mommy tells us if we were being mean, that the devil was going to get us. And she said, you know, we just thought she was full of baloney and, and, we just go along being kids and, you know, raising cane and, and doing what kids do. She said, well, she said, my sister one day, she said, and the only reason that I believe her is because when she come back up in the yard, she was pale as a ghost. It looked like she'd seen a ghost and she had wet herself. She said, she said, now we're talking a 11, 12 year old kid, but she was pale as a ghost and she had wet all over herself and she'd been crying. She says, the only reason I believe her. She said that she went down to gather water and she put her buckets down. She had two buckets and she put one of her buckets down on the ground and she started filling up her other bucket in the creek. So while she's filling her other bucket up, she says she just, she feels like there's somebody standing over top of her. And she said, you know, she said, you know, that feeling you get when, when you can tell somebody's watching you or somebody's right there beside of you before you even see them. I said, yeah. She said, well, she felt that. She felt somebody was right over top of her. And she said she looks down because she felt something flick up against her ankle. She said she was just wearing a little pair of sandals. She felt something flick up against her ankle. So she said she looked down. And she said she's seen a tail. She's in a tail down below, you know, like between her feet. There was a tail. And she said, not, not only was this a tail, but it was a forked-looking tail. I said, what do you mean by forked-looking? She said, well, it, it had a fork in it. It was split. It was a forked-looking tail. So she said she seen that tail, so she jumped up. She dropped her bucket, knocked her other one over, and turned around. 
And she said, standing over top of her, this is her words now, standing over top of her was the gosh darn devil. I said, well, how did she describe him looking? She said, well, he had goat horns, big ram horns. They curled back, and he, but he had the face of a man. And she said that what she could tell, he was beautiful. He was the most handsome man that she'd ever seen, except he wasn't really a man. Because halfway down his chest, it turned into goat's fur, and he had goat legs and goat hooves and that big, long, forked tail. Holy crap. I mean, that's a goat man. To a, I mean, it's described almost to a T with someone who would not have ever heard of goat man. Like, that's, you know, we say goat man in our circles, and it's a pretty, we can all kind of visualize it pretty quick, right? I mean, it, but this is somebody describing you, goat man. He would not have had any concept of what that is, really, essentially. I wouldn't think so. Right. I wouldn't think so either. But, they might have had an idea of the devil, the <laughs> devil. But where does the depiction of the Christian devil, you know, this, this horned goat, goat looking ha- half man, half goat looking ugly, evil looking creature come from? Where does that come from? Comes from pain. Pan comes from pan. Cernunos, pan, satyrs, whatever you want to call them. No, it comes back to pan, man. Krampus, Krampus. That's a depiction of Krampus. Again, we're back to the every civilization having stories and descriptions of gods but describing them the same way all very similar yes Yes. and I mean you know like we talked a little bit with Eric on here a couple weeks ago uh, you know that would have been one of the the Cernunos and and Morgana you know is just the same as, as Pan and Lilith they would have came over, you know, with these Scots-Irish settlers or even the German. You're looking at uh, Perkta would be the Lilith-type figure. And uh, I know there was a Slavic horned god. Oh, Belus. Yeah, Belus. So stag. So, I mean, you're no matter all these civilizations you're looking at, these immigrants are bringing these thoughts and these ideas of these gods, these these forest small G gods. And then, yeah, that's where we get our depiction today. And even then she described it as seeing the devil, Hmm. but a hundred years before that, or 200 years before that, she might would have walked up and said, I just seen pan or I just seen Cernunos. Yeah. Or I just seen whatever, but it's, it's the same kind of thing. I just saw, a really big fucking goat, man. That's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm done. That 
was one of the coolest stories I've ever heard in my entire life that yes. come from this woman. Uh, and then the last story that she told me, this was the end of our conversation. Cause again, you know, it's, it's at this, we're at this function and there's a lot of stuff going on. So I'm just trying to get as much as I can from her in as little time as, as possible. Um, but she tells me a story about being out picking berries. She was picking blackberries. And uh, she said one of her favorite things when and when summertime rolled around was to go pick these blackberries. And her mommy would make all these blackberry desserts. You know, she'd can a bunch of these blackberries, but she'd make blackberry cobbler and uh, you know, all this different stuff. She said she just loved it. To yeah. this day, also one of my favorite things to do, even now, is go out and pick blackberries and raspberries and have hay make jam and gobblers and pies and everything else. Yes, my sir. favorite delicacies of the summer. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But yeah, she was talking about how much she enjoyed that. So she was out picking these blackberries. She said, and she had wandered off a little farther than usual. Now this is going to be interesting. She wandered off a little farther than usual because she's seen this big giant patch of these super ripe blackberries that was out, she said, probably 40 or 50 yards farther than wh where she normally went. So she went out there, and she said that she was in sight of her house all the way up to when she decided to go to this other big bush that she's seen, that that put her out of sight of the house. So she goes over here, and she starts picking these blackberries. And she said she's there and, and the same kind of feeling that her sister had, I guess. She felt like somebody was just in her space. Well, she turns around and she said there standing is a man in a three-piece suit. She said, an all-black three-piece suit. She said it looked like he had just walked down the red carpet, had a top hat on, full three-piece suit with the tails and everything, she said. Had on a pair of black leather shoes that she said looked like. She said, now, look, we're talking, we're, we're in the woods. There's mud everywhere. There's, you know, dirt. It's just, you're in the middle of the woods. She said, this man had on black leather shoes that looked like they'd been freshly and newly shined and not a speck of dust on them, not a speck of dust or dirt. He was just there. And he, said and started off the whole thing he took his hat off she said he put his hat tucked it up under his arm and said hey there little missy how are you and she said um she said i was i was so scared i was nervous she said because i couldn't see my house and this man just appeared out of nowhere she said but still in my mind i was thinking okay well this is this is some friend of daddy's that's come over to visit or or whatever she said so i i tell him i'm i'm doing fine you know how how are you sir he said, I'm, I'm doing my fine myself. He said, uh, them blackberries sure are looking good. And she said, well, well, thank you, sir. You know, I'm going to take them back to my mommy and, you know, she's going to make desserts and stuff with them. He said, I do a whole lot for some of those blackberries right now. And she said, well, I'm sorry, sir, but I don't, she said at this point, she starts getting really nervous. She said, well, I'm sorry, sir, but I, I just, I need to get back to the house. So she starts to walk away 
And he kind of, she said he wasn't like, he didn't grab her or anything, but he kind of stepped out in front of her and said, now you sure I can't have some of those blackberries. She said, I got to go. And she said, she just dropped the blackberries because she got so scared. She dropped the whole sack of blackberries on the ground and run off toward the house. But as she was running toward the house, she turned around over her shoulder and looked saw him pick up the bag, take a couple steps, and completely disappear. She couldn't find the bag. Was those just stories right there that like that that will haunt me tonight. Yeah. Is those to like that the those are the stories that like okay. Not the Bigfoot, not the some of the scary stuff that we hear. It doesn't bother me. It's those experiences that come from credible sources that you know good and well has no business telling you a lie. Like, I will walk outside to fix my fire and be looking everywhere. As I walk, I will run out there and run back in as fast as I can. Because that's the type of thing that just creeps the crap out of me. Well, that's the type of thing that doesn't fall into any kind of category. That falls into no, like, that's no category that we have out there. That, okay, so we're talking, okay, she's in her upper 80s. I'm going to say probably. Holler Hanks. Probably about 86 or 87. Yeah, exactly. That's just all it is. That's what she classified as just old Holler Hank. So we're talking, she would have been around a teenager. She was a teenager at this time, you know, probably 13, 14, 15 years old. So that would have put it, shoot, I don't even know what time frame, boys. 40s? Back in the 40s, yeah. No. Yeah, because. Uh, yeah, 40s, 50s. Yeah. Let's see. She's born in 38. She's 84. She's almost 90. So, yeah, probably. Like 50s. Said, we go back 70 years. That puts us at the 50s. Probably the 50s. More. Yeah, forties, late forties, late forties, early fifties, probably the fifties, right around the time Roswell was happening. <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah, but you know well, what? I think a lot of Roswell. I think what a lot of people don't realize is everything that happened, or everything going on in the rest of the country hits Appalachia just a little bit later. So, like, a little bit? You mean ten years? <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, when the Great Depression happened and was going on here in Appalachia, people were doing pretty good because they did everything on their own anyway. You know, they I, had I, all. Yeah, that's 100% true. Like, you think back to the recession of 08, 09. Right? Is that when that hit? Was, yeah. Yes. Yep, yep. We really didn't feel the effects of that here until 2010. Yep. 2011. Because um, that's about the time I started working, um, and then that's I was obviously involved in budgets and all that kind of stuff. We really didn't know. We I, I remember seeing that and knowing that the housing market had crashed, and knowing that we were in a bit of well in the Great Recession essentially. But we really didn't feel the effects of that for a couple of years around here, um, wow. which is again shows very much how things work in Appalachia. That that's kind of how thing how it is how. Things have always been and will probably continue to be yeah. um, as well. 
So that's what even back like to COVID, like we really didn't feel the effects of like everybody else was for a couple of it was it was a while. It was half a year almost. We, the other stuff shutting down and schools were closing down, different things. But like for the most part, we really didn't feel the true effect of that until several months. It was after the fact that everybody everybody has been shut down for a while. We were finally kind of being shut down a little bit. Yeah, guys, I feel terrible. I zoned out. And the last thing I remember was Justin was talking about somebody's age, and then Lance was talking about recession. I don't know how it got there. <laughs> talking about how things in Appalachia, it takes longer for stuff to get here. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to make the point. I was trying to make the point that I'm lost. That the Great Depression, whenever it happened and went through, it was years and years and years before it really impacted Appalachia. Yeah. Like it was a long time before the effects of the Great Depression, you know, that had on the rest of the country before that impacted Appalachia. And I don't even remember exactly where I was going there with that. I was just giving more evidence for that. Yeah. Lance was just, yeah. You're good, Ryan. You didn't miss a whole lot. Okay. But back to this, back to this story. (laughs) Back to this story. It's just, man, it's one of those. And again, it's like you said, Lance, it's a credible source because what reason does this lady have? Like, she she doesn't want to come out there and and have her name put out, you know, and she doesn't want to come on the show. She doesn't want any kind of publicity from it at all. Like, she's not trying to write a book about it. And I'm a nobody. I'm somebody that she's literally helped diaper when I was a baby you know she's known me my whole life i've known her so it's like you know i'm nobody to her that she should you know be telling these stories to just and and making them up and again just the way she talked about she's it's just like she was talking about the weather you know like they happened a long time ago and she's come to grips with them but now like i said i mean she's a well-known granny witch in this area like she she knows what she is and she knows how to do it. And she knows, I mean, she could probably tell you right now how to contact whatever you wanted to contact. She could, I mean, that's just how she is. And to her, that's called the site. That's the site. And some people are born with it and some people get it different ways. Hmm. But which is another such, it's just such another Appalachian way of describing something that's, you know, it's, it's not probably always great, but we just they call it the sight, and it, oh bless your heart, honey, you got the sight. You got it doesn't sound as bad, right? It just, yeah. it's such an athletic yeah. thing. It's really churching it up. They're yeah, churching it up. Yeah, it's such a. It's I always yeah. I love hearing stuff like that because it's just it's such a cultural thing that it's like that. <laughs> well, now here's the thing. All right, this happened. This conversation happened. You know, two, three weeks ago, shoot, maybe even a month ago. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I've been trying to find a way and time to, to fit it into the podcast. And I was just going to share it on Patreon, but I was like, nah, man, this, these stories need to get out there to the world. Like the people, I wish on earth, I wish that she would come on the show and sit down and let us talk with her on here because my goodness, boys, I'm telling you, number one, y'all would love her. To death. I mean, you would love her. But more than that, the Hill folk 
goodness, they would love her. Oh my gosh. She's just, she's the best. She's the sweetest. I mean, you just, you love her. Everybody would love her. So I wish that she would come on here. That's not going to happen, but man, I wish she would. But anyway, I just so happened, and this is the reason I've been thinking about, you know, putting it out there, whatever. This is the reason that I decided, okay, we just got to record tonight and we got to get this stuff out there because I saw her earlier today. (laughs) And I was like, well, we had a couple minutes to where, where I saw her at. So I started asking a couple more questions and, uh, I said, I almost said her name right then. I said, uh, honey, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, you told me all these stories and you, you, you told me, you talked to me about the site and how I said, it's something I still don't completely understand. I said, but let me ask you a big question. You talked about all these holler haints and you talked about these these things that can make deals with people. And you talked about seeing the devil right here where you're living. I said, where, where do you think all these things came from? Like, what, what do you think they are? How did they get here? You know, where do they, where do they come from? So this is what I love how these episodes work out. Lance had no idea that I was going to be talking about this. And he sits there, opens us up talking about being 30 some years old, talking about Genesis six to a bunch of elderly people in his church and them just looking at him dumbfounded. But here's the thing. This woman is super devout. Loves God, loves Jesus, and they love her back. And the way she described this, it's literally Genesis six, but she didn't describe it in biblical terms. Okay, she didn't she didn't use the Bible. But here's what she said. Here's what she told me. She said that she believes she said, now, this is just of my opinion. This is just my thoughts on the matter. She said, but I believe. That a long, long time ago, she said, we're talking ancient, ancient times when these mountains that are right here around us was the highest mountains in the world. She said, I believe these things were already here. And I believe there's a bunch of them. And I believe some of them got into a whole lot of trouble. And uh, they decided to lock them away right here in these mountains. I said, you mean like put them in prison? And she said, that's exactly what I mean. She said, I mean, they used these mountains before they were small like they are today. I believe they used them as a prison. And I believe when we come over here and started rooting around and digging holes in the mountains to get this coal out, we let them all out. (laughs) That is a fantastic theory. I've never, never put those that thought together I mean, it makes total sense yeah but i have never put those thoughts together that, that is that is fantastic dude when she said that i was like oh my god she's probably right yeah. she's probably right 
I mean, even if you're looking at it, even if you're looking at it in biblical terms, the Genesis six way that I look at things. Okay, we know that God restrained certain fallen angels and hid them away in the depths or, or Tartarus or whatever. He didn't say where in a lot of them. He did four of them under the Euphrates. But there was more than four. He didn't say where. Why not put them in a the far reaches of the world where there's nobody? Nobody. Besides a few native tribes, probably at that time. And who knows if, if they would have even been there at the time. Who knows if anybody was there? That's, I mean, that's a, I'm following that one away, boys. That's a fantastic theory. She truly believes and has thought about this, boy. She's thought about it. <laughs> like, you don't say something like that without sitting and pondering on it. Because we're, uh, what, almost 60 episodes in. We live in Appalachia. We talk about the weird. We talk about these stories all the time. And not once have we heard this theory come up. She firmly believes that a bunch of these entities were put in prison under the mountains of Appalachia, underground, in the Appalachian Mountains. And that when we come over here and started mining, we let them all out. And, and from that time, they've been allowed to, to roam free and wreak as much havoc as they want. We can't say it's not true. I don't, oh, can't prove it wrong. Gosh, this is, this is a PSA, folks. All y'all out there, find the old people in your life that you love and sit down and just get them talking. Because mm -hmm. my goodness. She should have her own show. I'm about to just give her my chair. <laughs> Here's my mic. This is yours now. <laughs> you start talking. But I mean, just think about that, guys. I honestly, think about that. Like if you were going to, you know, in, in ancient times or if we're talking, if we're talking Genesis 6, if we're talking getting rid of, of and casting out some of these these fallen angels who are wreaking havoc upon the earth. If we're going to imprison them, what better place to put them? Gosh. We know that Africa and Asia and Europe and all those areas, South America, we know all those areas were populated then. We know that there were already people. You know, we've kind of heard a theory like this somewhere before, Justin, in the Krampus book by Braun. Where did they have Krampus locked up at? He was underground in West Virginia. You're exactly freaking right, Ryan. Yeah. Holy crap. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Santa Claus had him locked away. Stupid Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Boys, I don't know. I just, I, I know that this isn't our usual episode. I know that it's not like. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, it He's is. Our alley. It is, but it isn't. You know, I just, this lady, I would love, I'm just going to have to. I'm going to have to sit, I'm going to have to schedule a day just to sit down and listen to her talk all day long and just take notes. Just. Or I'm just gonna push record. I'm just gonna hit record. Yeah, that's what you need to do. And let her go. I mean, obviously, I ain't gonna do it without her permission. And I, I did ask her. I didn't ask if I could share these stories. I don't know that she would have a problem with that. I don't think that she would have a problem with that. But I did ask her if she would come on the show. And like I said, we've known each other. Well, I've known her my whole life. She's been a, I love her. But her exact words were, I ain't coming on your stupid radio show. (laughs) Her exact words. So. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Don't blame you. Oh man, I don't know, boys. It was just, it was. Justin, that was good. That was good, bro. That was awesome. I just felt like I needed to, to share that because it impacted me in a way that my mind was just. Listen, that's my new theory. I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm with you. Do I hear something better? That is how I. That that is what I looks. How I will begin to explain why things are weird around here. Well, I mean, it makes just as much sense as anything else, right? Yep. I mean, we talk about old gods all the time. Talk about these old small G gods. Well, why couldn't a few of them have been here all along and just waiting? Just waiting for their chance, waiting for their opportunity. Yeah. The Appalachian Mountains. They keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So already the weather and erosion is is beating away at the walls of their prison. And then it just takes just takes a few suits flashing some dollar bills coming down here to say, let's dig into these mountains. And then boom, there you go. Holler Hanks just a around faceless holler Hanks just willing to make deals with whoever I mean boys just think about that that's so god it's so crazy oh man and again like I said we're talking about somebody who you know she literally grew up up in a holler she actually grew up in the same holler that I grew up in only it looked a lot different at that time she grew up in a place that's probably half a mile on up the mountain from where the, the house that my dad was born in. And yes, I said house that my dad was born in and birthed by his aunt, another granny witch, midwife, that brought him into the world kicking and screaming. And that's just, that's, that's Appalachian. It's the way it happened. That's the way it was. So, 
I don't know, man. You're talking about a time where there wasn't a whole lot of vehicles running the roads all the time. There was no paved roads up through there. There was no electricity. There was no running water. There was none of these power lines and towers dotting the the hillsides everywhere you look. It was just whatever you could beat away to make a road to get to somewhere and then clear enough space to put you a little house seat in or a house on. And then everything else around you was, was untouched wilderness until the coal mines came in. Yeah. It unleashed oh, all these faceless holler haints. <laughs> Way to go, Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I just want to share that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. So, as always, before we cut out, I want to get, read the list of patrons off again. We've got a few new names on the list. I always like to give love to our patrons. Uh Starting off with Katie Lakomsky, Maynard W., Keith Bryant, Marksy, Kenneth Bailey, Mr. Beard, The Amazing Rando, Troy, Fido, Outlaw 441, Richard Meadows, a.k.a. Dick, Devin, and Brett Elder. He does grow the finest dicks around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you'll not find better folks come on down to dick meadows that's right shout out to all our patrons appreciate you guys yeah absolutely kinfolk. we don't understand you kin folk we don't understand why in the world this show sucks <laughs> you want to pay anything to to listen to more of us but we'll take it we'll take it and we love you for it we yeah. do not understand it but we'll take it yeah, we do appreciate all you kinfolk. Um, if you are interested in becoming kinfolk, you know, becoming part of the family, you can jump on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash underscore intelligence. Absolutely, you can. And for you people who are deciding, and should I do that or not, I got something special in store for you. My loving skeptical wife has agreed to sit down with Ryan and Justin and myself and allow them to ask her some questions about some of the insane experiences that we have had together and that she has had as well. Now, I've told you before on the show, the reason she has not come on because she says the government's going to start tracking her. <laughs> <laughs> They're already following you. <laughs> but I have told her, I said, listen, we won't put it out to everybody, but we have, a, have to explain to her what Patreon was and the whole deal because she's no, no clue about any of this stuff. Um, doesn't listen to the show at all. <laughs> big fan, big fan, <laughs> huge fan. Um, he supports us. Yes. <laughs> has agreed to sit down and allow. I, I told her that I wouldn't, I would just sit here with her and kind of, she's, she's a nervous soul. And, not, not much for public speaking, but I said that Justin and I would have simply all these answer questions. I said, I would imagine by the time 
10 or 15 minutes has passed, you'll feel really comfortable and be open to probably share a lot more. She's got some some wild stories, like some legitimately wild stories um, that she has experienced. Um, she's agreed to sit down um, here soon, as soon as we can get kids to bed in a decent time and she doesn't have to work um, and allow you all to ask her questions and her to share some of the experiences that we've that I've alluded to and mentioned there, there's more, there's, there's a lot more stuff there. Um, and we're going to put it on the Patreon. Um, so for no, and we'll, we'll, for those of you who are interested in that, we will, I will definitely, we will definitely tell you when that goes live or there um, for no other reason, become a member of the kinfolk to hear my loving, just wonderful wife. Um, who will make fun of me the whole time that we're sitting here because that's what she does. <laughs> Uh, okay. that's worth that's worth the price of admission uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun on that one <laughs> sit down until like airplanes stuck in the sky UFOs, lost time black shadows, Santa Claus the, the list goes on and on and on of things she's experienced um, that's going to be on there I mean, com- coming soon so for no other reason hop on and, and, and listen to her tell some some interesting stuff yeah, that's going to be sweet. So, wait. So, yeah, y'all jump on over there. Check it out. Uh, be sure to yeah. hop over and hang out with us in our Discord. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun over there. A lot of cool conversations going on. Uh, remember to follow us on all of our socials. Those will be in the show notes of each of these episodes. Subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, I know that we're a little late on some of our last videos on YouTube. We were having some issues that we won't really get into with YouTube. Um, and we were looking at sending all of our video stuff over on Rockfin. Um, but we're kind of, I don't know, we're, we're weighing out some things right now. So we're a little late on YouTube. We may end up putting some of the last episodes over onto there for you video um, watchers, consumers. So sorry that we haven't done that. If you've been waiting on the last few and they haven't been up there, we've just been having some, uh, we've had some issues with them. So we won't get into all that. We'll figure it all out. Those of you that have been listening and, and keeping with us, we appreciate you a ton. The show's steady growing and it's all because of y'all. I mean, y'all sharing it all the time and remember to do that as well. Please share the show. Um, but y'all are the reason the show's growing. We can't thank you enough. It's 11-11, boys, so time to shut her down. Yep, make a wish. Love you, mean Until next time, Hill Folk, we'll see y'all later. Mm-hmm.